Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm going to chat about 10 ways to start living in an Ayurvedic lifestyle. So this um, is something that I kind of, I don't think I've chatted about before, but how can we really start to implement Ayurveda and what does that look like in our every, our average everyday lifestyle? So it can be really overwhelming and confusing. That's what I'm finding as a lot of people, um, when we first start hearing about it, we feel like there's so many rules and so many um, different practices that we need to have in place when really Ayurveda is really about kind of peeling off the layers of yourself until you find what works for you and what works for me might not be the same practices that work for you. So that's kind of the first step is really knowing like, Hey, let, let me get to know myself a little bit better. You know, what does listening to my body mean to me? And you'll be able to kind of start to pick out what practices are going to get you to the results that you're seeking. And so a lot of it is, um, you know, for myself, I will speak of, and, and for yoga as well, of really finding that deeper level and layer to myself and really kind of stripping away the stuff that, um, no longer serves me or doesn't fulfill me in the way that maybe it used to. And so when I first started learning about Ayurveda, I really struggled with transitioning, you know, all of my practices into an Ayurvedic one, you know, for example, like coffee, you know, that's one that we're not, we're told we're not supposed to have, um, and to live an Ayurvedic lifestyle. And I have a guest coming up who is also an Ayurvedic practitioner and she shares that she still enjoys coffee. And so that's just something, and I do as well, <laughs> just so you know. Um, but that's something that we really need to kind of, um, I think avoid like the, you should always do this. You should never do that because it's just a very, um, structured masculine, um, from a overly masculine, overly can lead to eating disorders way is from what I'm finding. Um, so I really like to approach it from the feminine form. And that's the way I've learned from Katie Silcox, you know, from her Ayurveda school, you know, less rules, more flow, you know, I really listening to your intuition. So rather than, um, you know, just saying, oh yeah, okay. It says I should never have coffee. You know, is this true for me? And just, you know, yes, there's reasons why you're not supposed to, there's reasons why you're not supposed to do a lot of the things in Ayurveda, but you have to go in understanding, okay, I'm going to make this conscious choice that this is going to be something that I do because this feels really nourishing to me. You know, maybe your one cup of coffee every day, you enjoy the taste and you really um, look forward to that time alone in the morning with yourself. And then to me, like if I was coming in and trying to take that away from you, like that's not going to actually feel good for you. You know, there might be friction there and you might start to say, oh, like, I don't want to get up in the morning anymore, you know, before kiddos, if you have kiddos and have this time for myself, because that coffee was really, what was that time, you know, and we can try replacing it with tea, but maybe that just doesn't do it for you. And so that's, there's some real, um, I think there's some real lessons there and nobody, again, no two things are the right thing for each person. So maybe some of you listening are like, Oh, I actually really do need to give up coffee because it is not serving me. It's leaving me more scattered, anxious, and I have the jitters after then. Yeah. Let's have a different conversation about that. But again, to have a blanket statement, like this is for everyone. Mm, I can't, I can't get on board with that. Um, especially having been in the wellness industry now for 14 years and just, um, knowing a lot about the psychology of changes and habit shifts, like it just is not going to work. Um, you know, blanket everything. That's why diets fail, you know, having like a here, this is an all, all in approach. So if you're listening, when I'm sharing these, I'm going to share just 10. There's so many other ways you can get started with Ayurveda, but I'm going to share some of the 10 ways that I think 
um, might be most beneficial or accessible for a lot of people. So these are ways that you might already be doing some of these, which is amazing. And you didn't even know you were practicing Ayurveda. And these can be some small shifts that maybe you're like, oh, I just need to transition one of these things. So listen with an open heart and open mind, take what you will and leave the rest as with all of these things. So let's dive in. Here are some of the practices. Practice one. This one is probably one of my favorites. Um, and it is tuning into your five senses. And you've probably heard me talk about this on the podcast before, but oof, Pratyahara, the five senses, like really diving deep here. Um, let's, let's talk about why. So the five senses can be really, um, Mm, how do I want to say this? They can be really, they can put us, um, onto disease, I guess would be a good way to put it in a, I didn't want to say that, but that's kind of what it is. Like in Ayurveda, if our senses are overstimulated, it can lead to disease. Meaning you might start to notice, Ooh, I'm starting to get a cold because I've been overstimulated with my life. You know, I've been pushing, you know, at work, I've been pushing with my workouts. Um, maybe you have some family drama going on, you know, maybe you're not sleeping well. So all of those things are really starting to play and plug at the five senses. And you're maybe not taking any breaks away from screens. Um, that's going to overload the senses. And that's how you can kind of get sick, you know, so that's where you can get the colds, the flus, all of those things. Cause we are just too much out there, too much sensory input. So I'm going to share again, just a little tip on each of the senses, how to kind of, um, slow down and tune into each of them. And you might have one sense that you're really good at noticing when you're out of balance in, but maybe another one, it needs a little bit more of a, um, Hey, let me tune in again. So for taste, try and notice all six flavors. So in Ayurveda, they have six flavors and they are bitter, sour, astringent, pungent, sweet, and salty. And I know I've done a podcast episode. Um, if you kind of search back the archives, all about those six tastes and what they mean. So you can kind of dig a little bit deeper if you're interested in that. Next smell. Maybe you want to burn your favorite candle or cleansing smoke and just relax. So, um, which transitions kind of nicely into that next one, because the, the smoke, the cleansing smoke, the candles, maybe that's a way that you start your day. And then you go nicely into a sound therapy. So tuning into that sound, maybe you have a sound bath experience. Um, maybe you just sit in stillness and silence for five minutes. So you maybe don't have any music on for meditation and you just notice the quietness for me. I love that. That's one that I've really tuned into, um, the last few years of just that stillness, which I know can be, um, alarming for other people. Cause that's how I, what I used to be, I used to hate the stillness and the silence, but I have come around to that. Um, and so it does take practice. You know, that's why I'm saying a lot of these, these tips, because, um, you might pick up one now and you might pick up one year from now, two years from now. All right. Tapping back in our site. So taking maybe some cool water and placing it on your hands and rinsing the eyes. So the eyes are the seed of Pitta. And it's a nice calming and cooling technique to incorporate into your day, especially if you've been on the computer quite a bit. So just having, and if you're working from home, we don't have to worry about maybe the eye makeup getting all over at work. But if you have no eye makeup on, maybe you just kind of gently splash the eyes with some nice cooling water. And another one for me for sight, because this is one that I notice um, will go overboard on myself because I am a Pitta, but I just will step away or kind of scoot my chair back and just close my eyes. Just close my eyes, tune out, um, whatever I'm taking in, especially if I've been on the computer or on my phone, because that's where I notice I personally start to get maybe more fiery, that pit of fire 
or that vata scatteredness tends to be what happens to me if my eyes are overstimulated. And then finally, touch. Maybe you rub your hands together and slowly pull them apart to attune your pranic field. You know, we've probably all done that experiment before where you kind of rub it in and then you just kind of slowly go out. Or maybe if you have a pet, you know, maybe you start to notice the touch on your animal. So I love it. My cat, um, my cat will come up to me. He just knows like if I'm having a bad day or I just need some loving, he just jumps on my lap and just snuggles with me. And that's that energetic pranic field and that energy that they're picking up on, you know, or even young kids often, you know, young kids will do the same. They're just like, Oh mama, you need a hug, you know, just kind of tuning into that. They're aware of that energy. And sometimes as we get older and, you know, we get busier, we sometimes forget about that, but we all have that energy. We all have that kind of shield going on. So really tuning back into that. And then the other side of touch, because, you know, I am a mom, you know, I only have um, one kiddo, but a lot of the women that I work with, you know, if they have a lot of kiddos, sometimes touch is something they don't want more of because they've been touched and grabbed by the little kids all day long. And they just need to tune back into their body. And they just want to kind of say, Ooh, nobody touched me. I just want to go sit, you know, and maybe meditate without touching anything. Like you're just, you're touched out for the day. So expressing those needs as well. If you tended to um, you know, be touched out. And so the tuning into those senses, again, that would be the overstimulation um, with that sense. Okay. So our next practice, I have a few under this category because this one is, um, I mean, Ayurveda, the digestion is king. So we have a few different food practices. One of my favorites is early lighter dinners and they help you digest your food. You can get a better night's sleep. How many times have we had food who close to bedtime and our stomach is kind of trying to digest it and you're kind of trying to sleep and you're like, Oh, I just feel this, you know, maybe a hamburger sitting in my stomach, for example, because that's a heavy meal. So maybe let's say you had hamburger and fries and you're like, Oh, that just is not digesting. And maybe you don't have it very often, but you know, it was a Saturday night, you went out with your spouse and you had something different and it's just not digesting properly. That tends to happen. So in Ayurveda, they suggest closing the kitchen by six. In the Western culture, I usually say for most people, it's more feasible, maybe seven, but ideally you're done eating that last meal, at least two hours before bed. And then the lighter meals, um, again, just as I said before, those heavier, like the, the meats and the heavier, um, denser grains, those are going to be a little bit harder to digest. So soups, warm cooked veggies that you can digest. Cause again, that's going to be independent to all of us. And then um, having those bigger, heavier meals at the lunchtime when our digestion is strongest. And now minimal snacking. So for the same reason, digestion, um, if we think of it like that fire burning, we, if we keep snacking all day long and we're grazing, then we're kind of slowly putting out the fire. We're kind of snuffing it out. You know, we want to have that fire building and burning. And so when we have that lunch, you know, having that fire burning by the time we get to dinner. So that way it's like, oh yeah, we've got this fire going. Our digestion is really going strong and we're having regular bowel movements. All of that contributes into your overall health. So if your bowel movements start to get um, kind of wonky, that's the first step to know, Ooh, I might be getting sick. You know, I actually just shared this with a client who said, oh my gosh, my bowel movements have been a nightmare and I just haven't been feeling the greatest. And I said, oh, that's a great, that's a great thing just to notice because that's the first thing we want to, you know, tune into Ooh, our bowel movements are starting to get a little, little off for our normal pattern. And then you want to start to pay attention to, Ooh, I might need to get more sleep. Mm, I really want to start to, you know, maybe have the bone broth or the light soup, like a brothier soup for dinner. 
to really start to stoke those fires in the digestion. So we can maybe combat some of that sickness that could be coming our way. And again, you can't always do that, but these are just kind of some preventative um, measures. Now, the last kind of, or I guess the couple more last food things, um, one of them is eating warm cooked foods. And again, that's going to help with um, the vata dosha. That's going to help, especially in the fall and the winter seasons, when it's a little bit cooler out, those warm cooked foods are easier to digest rather than that cold salad. So if we think about that cold, dry salad, and then trying to digest that in the middle of winter, and then we're like, oh, I just, maybe you start to get constipated or, you know, stuff, your bowels change. And it's because it's harder to digest that leafier greens. Um, we don't have that lubrication going in the intestines and then the colon, like we do in maybe in that summer months. So just kind of paying attention to how you digest that. And then the final food one is fruit only as a snack. So in Ayurveda, it's strongly suggested as just a snack, as a standalone meal, um, so if you do need snacks, I tell people, cause people, you know, we like fruit. So when's the best time to have it? You know, Hey, in the middle of the afternoon, if you're like, yeah, I'm a little hungry. I'm not going to make it to dinner. Have, you know, that apple. And if you have trouble digesting, stew the apple, you know, cook it in a little bit of cinnamon, warm it up on the stove, and then have your apple that way. Um, that would be a great fruit and seasonal fruit are great as well. So we don't necessarily want to have, you know, the raspberries and the strawberries in the dead of winter when they're not fresh and they've had to be shipped in. Usually we, we taste that they don't taste the greatest. Um, so also paying attention to that. Usually if it doesn't taste great and you're having these fruits that are not in season, you know, I would pick something that's a little bit more seasonal. So um, those are a little bit more about the food and of um, how to incorporate Ayurveda into your lifestyle. Next one I'm going to talk about is a little Ayurveda, a little yoga as well, but starting your day with yoga, meditation, and or pranayama. So if you had to kind of, those are all three for me, that's been my, oh, it's been my go-to practice. I'm going to chat more about that in the next solo show that I do, um, because I kind of wrote this journal post all about, um, discipline. And so that's going to be, that's going to be in a couple of weeks. Um, but it's all about this, this yoga meditation, pranayama, waking up every day and doing a practice of sorts. So when you do this, um, just in terms of kind of thinking, if you want to think about it in dosha, so all of these can be done and these can either help you or they potentially might take you off your path a little bit. And so what do I mean by that? Um, you know, yoga, meditation and pranayama, which pranayama is breath work. All of those are things that, um, you know, can uplift us, give us energy, or they can, you know, slowly bring us back down. So if we think about a restorative yoga practice, for example, it's a very calming practice. It's very relaxing. So maybe if you're coming out of bed and you're a kapha, let's say, and you're pretty relaxed and chill, you don't necessarily want to start your day with a restorative practice because you're probably just going to stay in that calm, chill place. A lot of the times, um, kapha needs a little bit more of a kick, you know, like a vinyasa, they want to flow a little bit to kind of wake up, you know, we're in the kapha hours. If you're waking up before 6am to do this, especially that's why people like to work out early morning. Cause it kind of kicks off that sluggishness. So that's the, that's one of the tips is maybe if you are that, you know, if you start the morning, you're really kind of slow to get moving. I would have your yoga asana practice be a little bit longer than the meditation and the pranayama practice. Now on the flip end, if you're starting your day and you are a little bit more scattered, you're ungrounded, you feel you maybe have a lot of anxiety. You might just do a few minutes of yoga asana. So maybe you're picking just, you know, five or six poses. 
And you might hold them a little bit longer, maybe a hatha or even a yin practice to start your day. And then you're going to be actually sitting in a longer meditation and pranayama practice to kind of bring down maybe that anxious and scattered energy. So you start your day feeling a little bit more balanced. And then finally, for like the pitta who might feel maybe more fiery or, you know, can be intense. What I find, and this is just from my own personal um, observation is I'm pretty good with an even amount of both. And so for me, my yoga asana and my meditation pranayama might each be 15 minutes. So I might do 15 minutes of yoga asana and then 15 minutes of a meditation pranayama practice. So that's where you can kind of find your balance. And again, this does not mean just because you are a pitta dosha, for example, if my vata was off, I'm going to be doing a little bit more vata pacifying practice. So I'm actually going to follow the vata idea versus my pitta if I'm out of balance. And then again, if you're saying, how do I know this? Um, you know, the first step is just to really slow down and tune in. And then the second step, this is actually what I do. I offer yoga and Ayurvedic um, coaching. I actually had a podcast guest who had said, she's like, oh, do you ever talk about your services on my show? And I said, no, not very much. And um, she encouraged me to do that because she's like, as a listener of podcasts, I like to know what, you know, what the host does. And so that is what I do. If you're thinking, yes, I actually would love a practice around this, um, you know, head to my website, andreaclassen.com. And this, that is something I offer is, you know, a yoga and Ayurvedic coaching where we meet weekly. And so I have found weekly is way better for people just for accountability purposes, rather than biweekly or once a month, you know, having that conversation every week, just so we can kind of really get to the root of things. That's a great idea as well. So if you're completely lost with what I just shared, um, you know, head over there and uh, check out, check out some of the stuff that I offer. Okay. Next practice time in mother nature. Mm. This one is one of my non-negotiables. I love it. Um, you know, going outside. So mother nature teaches us how to live seasonally. You know, she shows us how to release and start going inwards to prep for the winter season in the fall. In summer, the sun shines longer during the days, which helps us infuse us with that lasting energy. We have that spark. In spring, we start to see buds of flowers and trees starting to come back to life. Just like we are, we're starting to say, oh yes, I'm ready to shake off some of the sluggish winter time. And so really tuning into what's going on outside. Plus it's a natural mood booster. Almost, we almost always feel better after we spent some time out in nature. So, you know, just making some space to do that. It doesn't mean if you live in, I live in St. Paul, so I live in the city. I live close to a river though, so I can make some time to go down there. I have trees in our neighborhood, albeit not a ton, but it's enough. You know, it still will do the trick, breathing some fresh air. So wherever you're at, you can still make some space for that. All right. So the next one, this one has been a thorn in my side. <laughs> Don't over-exercise. It's, this is probably of all of them, one of the hardest ones for myself. Um, cause for me, that's just where I came from. My, my personal training background, my, you know, three sport athlete in high school and college, I come from the push. I come from this. I'm a pitta. I like to push myself. So what they recommend is when you work out, you want to work out until you get a slight sweat on your brow. And so if you're going past that, if you're dripping, if you're feeling like your muscles are so shaky, um, that would be overdoing it. And why do they say this? This depletes your ojas and your ojas are your vital energy. So that can leave you crashing. So let's say, and this is actually a great example because last week I was crushing it. I did six workouts and they were intense. And you know what? This week I have not had great energy and I am technically where I should be in my cycle wise, like that ovulation week. 
I should have great energy and I don't. And so that's something to really pay attention to. Of, okay. I tried it. I had good energy. I thought I could try these hardcore workouts. And then the next week I'm depleted when I technically shouldn't, and I don't like shoulds, but for myself, that tends to be true is this tends to be the week where I feel energized. And I just don't. And so really tuning into where does that last and how does that fit into your lifestyle? So working out and any workout can be Ayurvedic. And I've talked to many different people in Ayurvedic, um, practitioners, professionals, and for the most part, as long as you're working out at 50% of your capacity, and again, you go until that light sweat, you're good. Um, it's when you start to go above and beyond and when we get into trouble. So if you start to get a headache and maybe at two o'clock after your morning workout, that's going to be a sign you probably push too hard. Um, if you suddenly are crashing at three o'clock because you, you know, woke up and did a 6am hit class and you need coffee at three might've overdone it. So really kind of paying attention to how your body responds to the workouts. Um, and it doesn't mean again, that you'll never lift weights or you'll never do a hit class. It just means you're being mindful about when you do it and how often you're going to do it. All right. So the next one, make space for activities that you love. So this question, um, I often asked on my Ayurvedic intake form, you know, how often do you make time for activities you love? And it might seem silly or frivolous, but it doesn't matter because what tends to happen, especially, you know, as women, we just tend to put those, those hobbies or those things that we love on the back burner. You know, maybe you love to paint or draw or play tennis or go on bike rides, but you stop doing them for whatever reason, you know, we got too busy or we were like, Oh, that's not actually not making us money. Um, you know, we just kind of put it on that, you know, wish list. someday I'll get back to that. And then, you know, 20 years goes by and you're like, Oh my gosh, I stopped painting years ago. And I don't really know why, you know, it just wasn't a priority. And so really making space for that, you know, my best friend, just started playing tennis um, about a year ago again. And that was her love. Like that was the activity she loved. And she, she said, she's like, I can't imagine, like, I'm so disappointed that I quit it for you know so many years. And then I said, no, you should be excited that you picked it up. I'm like you are, you picked this up again and you're going to be playing this now for the rest of your life. You know, it's, you picked it up earlier. You didn't wait, you know, you waited maybe five years, which really isn't that long. So if you're kind of beating yourself up about like, oh my gosh, I used to love to paint and I stopped, we'll start doing it. There might be some, there will be, I will tell you this from my own self for picking up tennis again, myself this summer, there's going to be some sluggishness. You know, you might have some rust that you have to kind of, um, you know, kick off before you get to maybe that really the juiciness of your work, whatever that might be. And it's okay to do activities that we love and we don't need to get paid for it. Cause I, I um, also think I'm passionate about that is finding that something that you enjoy, but just for you. So again, that is an Ayurvedic habit of making sure you have that thing that you love. Okay. Try and eat without working or watching TV or maybe playing on your phone. So this one, you know, why do we want to practice this? So when we distract ourselves by watching TV or our phones, especially consuming the news, our bodies go into fight or flight and they cannot properly digest both the news and the food that we're consuming. So it might sound odd that, you know, sometimes something as subtle as that affects us, but it does. So eating lunch at your desk during your work, work can cause your body again to not fully relax and your body can't digest what you're trying to eat. So you really want to start to, you know, slow down and notice. And sometimes this can be uncomfortable, you know, sitting by ourselves and doing nothing and just eating, 
but really just kind of tuning in. I'm going to try this for a week and see what happens. You know, especially if you're someone who's prone to constipation, just notice, am I more regular? Um, am I able to process what I'm eating? Maybe what I'm eating, I don't even like, um, because after we're, we're eating, we always have a small belch and that means we're full. So the first burp that you have at the table, that means that your body is telling you you're full. So you want to notice that. And often we don't notice, you know, and I will say, I notice it sometimes if I'm really tuned in, but there are many times where I'm not paying attention and I ignore it. Um, or I didn't even notice it. So that's also a nice little challenge is notice yourself this week. When you have that small belch, you know, just stop, stop consuming. All right. And the next one kind of ties nicely in, but be, and this is number eight, being mindful of what you consume. So not only what you eat, but what your sensory intake is. So this is kind of connecting back to those five senses. So we might go from working on a computer all day and then we go home, we're looking at our phones and then we turn on the TV and now we're scrolling our phones as we're watching our favorite TV show. So we're just kind of constantly consuming. And once more, we don't have time to digest. So the vata imbalances can occur when we are overstimulated. So, and then the same with the pitta, if you're constantly consuming something that makes you aggravated and angry, that's going to affect your mood. All of a sudden you're snapping at people and you don't know why, or on the kapha side, what it can look like is you're over consumed and you can't digest it. And you're like, I'm just Netflix and chill all night because I can't process what I've just taken in all day. So really, and that can also affect our creation. So if we're constantly consuming, um, going back to the activity we love, maybe we don't even know what we love anymore because we've consumed so many other people's ideas of what we should in quotations enjoy that we forgot what really gives us that joy in our life. So, and this can come in the factor of again, TV, social media, podcast, or even the radio. So maybe in your car, you just have stillness as you drive from one place to the next. So whether it's going to the grocery store or going to work, dropping your kiddos off school, you know, just having that space for the magic to happen. Um, especially if that's something tuning back into the five senses, if the hearing is something that you notice you're just overstimulated on, you know, that's a good place to have stillness is in the car. Um, and I've talked about this before, but my dad always did that. I mean, I have three brothers, so he had four kids and my dad likes the silence and, you know, he's a farmer, he's out in the tractor and it's usually silent. Like he's not listening to the radio. Same thing in the car. I could always tell when my dad had taken my car, you know, when I was in high school, because the radio would be shut off. So I knew he did something either, you know, he fixed the tires or filled it up with gas, something, um, because I never had the radio off. It was always blaring. And so now as, you know, an adult and as a parent, I'm like, oh, I can totally see why he did this. That was his space to be mindful, to tune into himself. So make sure you leave space for that for yourself. All right. Number nine. Walking after eating. So this is great to do, especially in the evening, but you want to go a hundred steps. And once more, we're connecting that back to the digestion. And for myself here in Minnesota in the winter, my son and I, we just walk around our house and we count, we count to hundred. It's great practice for him since he's five, you know, we, we just walk and we count hundred steps. So you could do it inside. You can do it outside. That's basically like a walk around the block. You know, it doesn't have to be this huge, long walk nor should it actually be in the evening before bed, but just a nice little short brisk doesn't have to even, I guess I wouldn't even say brisk. Um, I'm a slow walker though. <laughs> a nice, just casual walk, you know, have your kids there, have your spouse there, have your pet there, whoever have yourself there. Again, this can be connecting back to that solo time. So just make space for that. All right. Number 10, 
this has gotten probably longer than I intended, but I guess, you know, when I'm sharing 10 of these, I got to explain them. So a little longer episode today, but we're going to start small. Um, so if all of those things sound overwhelming, whatever first kind of drew your attention and you're like, yes, I really want to tune into this. Um, the best way to do it, I think is that midday check-in around two o'clock. So this practice can be the hardest thing to do, especially if you're a fellow Pitta dosha, taking time out of your day to pause and do nothing. Um, that, that just pretty much, uh, can be from a lot of my Pitta doshas, extremely difficult. But what I found, if you do take the time to set your alarm, maybe it's two o'clock, maybe, you know, you have a meeting at two o'clock, maybe you change it to three o'clock for a day. Um, but taking the time, close your eyes again, step away from your desk. Maybe you meditate for a minute. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe you walk around your office, but really setting that intentional time and asking your body, what do I need? And maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I've actually drank water all day. Or maybe you're saying, oh, I don't know if I've gotten up from my desk all day. Or maybe you're just like, yeah, my eyes are tired of staring at a screen. I just need to stare out a window or even go outside. So whatever it is, just kind of tuning into what your body needs. And that's a great way to tap into your intuition and start to notice like, oh yeah, these little small things in my day. Um, you know, this is actually what I need tonight. Maybe you, you tap into, Ooh, tonight, I actually do want to sign up for that online yoga class. Cause that would feel really good before bed. So the more that we kind of tune into ourselves and tap into these um, Ayurvedic wisdoms, especially in that feminine form, that flowy form, the more that you're going to trust yourself and the more that you're going to know how to listen to your body. So my weekly challenge is simply trying one of these 10 tips. So whatever stuck out at you and then make a note of it, maybe write it down or put it in your phone, someplace where you're going to remember to tune back into it. And I always say, play the role of detective in your own life to see what works for you and what doesn't. That's the biggest thing that we could do is really play detective and say, yes, Ooh, I really enjoyed not having stimulation while I'm eating. Ooh, I actually really enjoyed that hundred steps after I ate my evening meal. Ooh, starting my day with meditation. That sounds yummy. And whatever it is, just notice how it affects you and do it for a week. You know, doing it for a day is not going to do too much, but doing it at least a week to kind of see how does my body responding? All right. So if this landed with you, um, let me know. If you want more tips like this, this is basically what my book is full of, you know, divine body wisdom. I have a book out is up for pre-order right now. Um, you can find it at my website at andreaclausen.com forward slash book. Um, and yeah, I'm actually going to be, someone had asked me this, but I'm only ordering basically the amount of copies that I sell. So this is not going to be on Amazon. And I did a whole episode on why not, um, basically as a small, small self-publishing person, you know, I don't, I don't make barely anything. Um, and it's not why I wrote the book but I do want to not necessarily make a quarter on it because it just doesn't make sense to sense to do it all. Um, so if you're interested in it, definitely check it out. Again, I'm only going to be printing about what I sell. I'll have a few extra copies that I'll make extras of, but um, it's not going to be a ton. So if you're interested, definitely check that out um, through November 19th, I believe is when pre-order is shut and you will be getting this in the mail, hopefully that first week in December. So just in time for the holidays, I've already had many people who bought um, several copies to give away as holiday gifts as well. So it could make a great stocking stuffer if you're interested in like, oh, these are great tips. I've got recipes in there. I have practices like this. Um, I have directions, videos that you're gonna be able to find on my website in a private page. So if you're like, ooh, how do I do this practice? That's all gonna be there for you. All right, thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power. <laughs>